think you're getting into the that idea that you started to realize that all the the techniques are secondary. Yes. That the assessment is the primary important thing. And we've talked about it before, but it's like mm-hmm. whether you're in school or just out of school or even seeing patients 10 years in, you think the technique is the most important thing in your toolbox when in fact mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's, it is secondary. It's, you have it to ha- understand what is going on and why, what you need to do mm-hmm. and, and through the assessment. And, and, yeah. and then, you know, what you described about trying to hone that assessment, I th- again, I think you would say, and you were already in it at the time, but DNS gave you the framework and the language mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. properly figure, con- to properly put the assessment in its proper context and how to move yes. through it in a rational way. Because prior to yes. DNS, there just wasn't a good foundation. There wasn't a good framework. Yeah, I mean, Yander had set out a process which worked, but it was still um, so overarching that it still left you wondering, how can I improve this and fill it out? How can I flesh it out so that it can be something that just didn't end up in four sentences? And then people went, oh, okay, Uh, and what does that actually mean? So um, that was the thing. But uh, again, till today, Yanda's um, rehabilitation process remains unchanged. It was golden when it was uttered. It is still golden today. Um, And uh, the the assessment of afferents as the first uh, um, entry point is still what we do. You know, gathering the basic data, seeing what is um, what the quality of efference is into the system, and therefore the quality of efference is um, restoring muscle balance, introducing sensory motor training, whatever that means. It's not only rocker boards, sensory motor training, sensory motor training, and then also, of course, moving on to global. Uh, uh, connections that involved the Voita principles, which eventually turned into uh, DNS principles. Now, um, so the first part of the course, by its very nature, is dedicated to learning how to gather the baseline data, Mm -hmm. um, to assess baseline functions of breathing and bracing. And along with that, of course, goes the um, the quality of the canister, since this is the central uh, stabilization axis of the body. Right. So the so the quality of the uh, the tissues, the uh, structures, and how well they work together has to be looked at and treated so that we have a a foundational base for moving the extremities in an ideal way. So the first part, yes. I guess I would say to restate that or to put it in uh, more practical terms. Hmm. No, you, you know, a patient, we get this all the time, uh, when you take a DNS seminar or you teach a DNS seminar, we kind of 
the DNS instructors assume that the people taking the seminar are already doing some type of a primary assessment and physical examination. Mm-hmm. And we're assuming that you are, you know, decreasing, desensitizing pain, restoring range of motion, all of that stuff. We assume you're already doing to give mm-hmm. the patient the capacity to then do and perform a quality DNS exercise. Mm-hmm. And that unfortunately either doesn't come across, you know, you, mm-hmm. you think you, you leave a DNS course and you might think, okay, well, the next patient I see, they're going to come in complaining of low back pain. And I am just simply going to see if they can breathe. And then I'm going to put them in three month supine position. And that is going to cure their low back pain. Mm-hmm. When in fact, that's mm-hmm. not the reality. And that's not what mm-hmm. DNS would say you should do either. Mm-hmm. It's just that there is this, this, the, the assessment, the primary assessment is still mm-hmm. necessary to give mm-hmm. the person the capacity to do the rehabilitative mm-hmm. treatment, which of course, yes. as DNS instructors, mm-hmm. we would be biased towards a DNS uh, approach. But this part, mm-hmm. so with that being said, from part one course's perspective, mm-hmm. I'm the patient. I show up to Robert Lardner's office with complaining of low back pain radiating down my right leg. From a part one course perspective, what are you doing with me? I collect, I do a global audit. I'm going to look at you, look at your posture, look at your range of motion take an audit of the strength of the quadrants of your body. I will examine your sensory abilities and what you are um, experiencing globally. So do you have, where's your pain located? Where do you have trigger points? Um, where are they collected? Um, are they, which chains of trigger points you have in relation to the area of injury or no injury, depending on why you're in my office? I look at your breathing because it is an automatic, uh, as I said, gravity and um, gravity and air are the two continuous stresses that have to be managed. So we're going to look at your anti-gravity function, which is your posture, and we're going to look at how you breathe and control and manage to do and to create intra-abdominal pressure. Those are both linked. My, my efficiency in intra-abdominal pressure and um, control is linked to my postural efficiency. So that really is the ground of auditing. And then we look at the canister. We look at its composition, pelvic floor, diaphragm, respiratory diaphragm, throat, uh, the, the ribs, the muscles attached to the ribs, the surrounding wall of the canister and we make sure that they are competent they are mobile and competent and that stability can be achieved easily and efficiently so you're that, so i think we're you know we're provoking all of those areas to see if they're able and have mm-hmm. the capacity to put somebody in supine three-month position yes. and let them brace and breathe. Yeah. So we have, I mean, you're talking canister and breathing and, and, and all of, and respiratory diaphragm, pelvic diaphragm. You're mentioning those things. 
but I want to point out the the testing of them and even the treatment if you find a problem with those mm-hmm. things is not directly okay do a dns exercise no it's there not. are things specific things that we are doing yes within the course so that is where you have to use provocative tests and the provocative tests help you find out which subsystems are involved or not in the dysfunction of the canister uh, or breathing, and so on. Now, as you gather all these in, this information, you will be able to start treating the canister. Well, all this information cannot be taught in one course, so it bleeds into part two, which says, okay, if you have collected all this information, you've started treating the canister, what is the syndrome that the patient presents with, which is what is the symptom uh, picture, collective symptom picture that the patient is presenting, uh, whether they are aware of all of it or only parts of it, this would be what you have to know. So we have always within the orthopedic and neurological world had syndromes discussed, whether it's epicondylitis, whether it is cervical brachial problems, whether it is a hip, whether it is capsular tears, whether it is impingement, on and on and on. All these syndromes have to be um, analyzed from a principal point of view. Um, how do they affect the patient? How do they affect the canister? And how do they affect the uh, the four proximal joints and therefore the appendage function. Now, you can have a syndrome that is kind of global. You may have someone who has Parkinson's. Sure. Okay? So it is not related to any one region, even if it may present that way. It is a global syndrome with global consequence. But on the other hand, you may have an uh, injury to your hip. That is a more regional problem and so on. So the second uh, part of the course is really trying to suss out what kind of tests give us answers about the syndrome, both in terms of diagnosis and then in terms of treatment. They are usually regional and local treatments that have to be applied. And then with this, often any dysfunctional centration that emanates between the canister and the appendages, meaning your head, neck, upper extremity, low extremity, are then addressed to try to integrate the uh, the unity of the appendages and the central canister together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is really what part two is about. And at the end of it, This integration results in my testing of chains to make sure that this integration is efficient and can perform in synergies that are required for DNS exercises. Right. Yeah, and again, I'll just point out, at this point, in one sense, we haven't really introduced we haven't been primarily using DNS exercises as the corrections and treatments for the problems that we're finding um, with this kind of assessment. There's local manual treatments that we're doing 
that may that may be a passive manual treatment or a bit of an active mm-hmm. exercise kind of thing based on DNS principles that's but being right. done in very specific ways for uh, a manual therapy effect versus any kind of endurance core exercise effect. Yes. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more like it, then please like this video and subscribe to our channel. You can also stay up to date on our latest seminars on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, at IMTR Seminars.